Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Amen. I want you to open your Bible to Proverbs chapter 3 as we continue our series called If Plus Then Equals Blessing, the Equations of Blessing. Uh, if you're visiting here today, we've been on a series in the book of Proverbs. We want to encourage you to go to our website and to check out this series. It is a super practical series on how to line your life up with God and be blessed by God. And the key essence of, of being blessed, if you really want to be blessed by God, you got to take his advice. Amen. You got to take his advice. Here's the way it, it unfolds. It's if we put our faith, everyone say faith. faith. Look at me for a second. Everyone look at me. I want to emphasize this today. The key is faith. Okay. We have to decide who we're going to put our faith in. What do you put your faith in? Okay, I want to declare to you that when you put your faith in what God says, he will never let you down. Here's what he's saying. This is God saying, if we put our faith in his advice, his word, then God will channel his power to bring about our blessing. Plain and simple, put your faith in God's advice, in God's word. The reason why we're saying God's advice is because God gives us his word, but he gives us, we have a free will, we have the option to follow what he says or not follow it. Especially in the book of Proverbs, it comes as counsel. It comes as wisdom. We are getting wisdom from God. So, so far we've gotten a spiritual advice from God. We've gotten directional advice from God. We've gotten a, a, a whole host of different types of advice. Today, we're going to be getting moral advice. And here's the title of the message today is, If Plus Then Equals Well-Being. Everyone say well-being. If plus then equals well-being. Now we're going to get into what well-being means, but I want to say today, today's advice is not relational, it's not directional, it's not spiritual. Today's advice is moral. So today we're getting advice from God on the difference between right and wrong. There are certain things that God says are right, and there are certain things that God says are wrong. And when we put our faith in his advice, what he's saying is it will flesh out when you follow, you choose to do what God says and to believe what God says with your life, then he blesses you with an overall state of well-being. So look at what the text says here. It says, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. That's the if. Then watch. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. 
This is speaking of overall well-being. Now, this text is thousands of years old. In that context, when they said strength, healing for your body, strength for your bones, it wasn't just talking about purely physical. The person of that time understood that what it meant was overall well-being. Okay, overall well-being, I'll define well-being in a moment. So here's what God is saying. What God is saying is that if we respect his word, if we respect his word, then he will channel his power to bring about our well-being. Everyone say well-being. Okay, so here's what well-being means, and then we're going to pray. Well-being means fresh vitality wholeness put together. It means that in a very holistic way, you're alive. You have vitality. You have strength. You have joy deep down in your soul. Even when things are going crazy in the city of Chicago, how many know we can have joy deep down in our soul? Amen? And so I want to pray now that God would give us a heart to follow his advice. Especially on this particular issue, and here's why. The reason being is, is because God gives us all kinds of advice. But when it comes to moral advice, you and I have to understand that when we choose not to take God's advice on moral issues, if we don't respect his word, now we are impacting our relationship with him. You see, when you don't take God's advice uh, um, for other things, many times you're just impacting the blessing of God on your life. But in this particular instance, now you're not just impacting the, the, the ability, not the ability, the possibility of God really blessing your life with a fresh vitality, with a wholeness, as opposed to brokenness. We're not supposed to be broken people. We're supposed to be whole people. Okay, we're supposed to sing, I got joy deep down in my soul because we have the Lord deep down in our soul. How many would say amen? You see, we're not supposed to live like the world lives. Our statistics, the statistics of the church should not be the same as the statistics. That word, statistics of the world, shouldn't be the same. You know why? Because we're walking in respect for God's word, and so we have fresh vitality, wholeness put together. When it comes to the, to the issue of what God says is right and wrong, remember that the difference between this advice and all of the other advice is that now you're impacting your relationship with God because God says, grieve not the Holy Spirit. God is a person, and you can hurt his feelings. You can impact how he feels and that revolves around how we choose to respect and honor his word. So let's pray. Because listen, look at me for one more minute. Listen to me. When you honor God's word, then the king of glory who sits upon his throne, he stretches out his hand and he blesses you. I don't know how he can keep track of 7 billion people on the planet. But it's more than that. He knows all the birds in the air. He knows every blade of grass. 
I don't understand. He knows all the bugs in the ground. He knows all the fish in the sea. He knows all things. He is all-knowing, all-powerful. And anyone that will honor his word, he's right there. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands to God. Amen. Father, we come in the name of Jesus and we pray for your blessing upon our lives, upon our homes, upon our families, our children, and our children's children, oh God. We pray your blessing upon our todays and our tomorrows, God. Our faith is in you. And so God, give us a heart to be sensitive to you, to your voice, to your word. And give us a heart to honor your word in a world that dishonors your word and disregards your word, and devalues your word. Let that be the exact opposite in your kingdom. I pray that for this church, every church in Chicago, every church in this country, every church in this world. If we'll just honor your word, we will see your blessed power. So we love you and we praise you. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen, amen and Amen. So basically, this message is God saying, how blessed do you want your life to be? You know, do you, sometimes life can get frayed, but the word healing, the message, this means God, here's the image, it means nicely sewn together, nicely put together. I've been thinking, I was thinking, Lord, how do we describe this? So I was born in the 60s, and I got a quick image for you. You have a choice. <laughs> okay? You can look like this VW, or your life can look like this VW. Well-being. You see? This is kind of hopefully a little funny, but not so funny. Not when it comes to life. You see, what God is saying is, if you go my way, I will keep your life put together. You see, I will, I will, your life will be put together. If you don't, this is what starts to happen in the long run. Look at the news, brothers and sisters. Look at the news. Watch what's happening all over the world. People who used to look like this are looking like this. You know why? Because they don't respect the word of God. Here's, here's one that, that specifically will impact your health. Here's a classic example. We found this ad. Smoker, non-smoker. I got a couple of, let me just real quickly, listen. Okay. Right now in the United States, 37.8 million people still smoke cigarettes. 16 million live with a smoking-related disease. It's been spoken about, proven in every way, given in ad campaigns, but people still smoke. You understand? People still do things that go against their well-being. Now, I need to point this out today. Not all sickness is the result of sin. In fact, that's all over the Bible. It's all over the New Testament. Just because someone gets sick doesn't mean that they're living in sin. That's true. We live in a fallen world. We have a fallen nature. Our bodies, we, we were supposed to have perfect bodies, but we don't. That's what happened in the fall. And since we don't have perfect bodies, we, we break down. But how many know that when we get to heaven, we're going to have perfect bodies? <laughs> Hallelujah. Glorified bodies. But listen, 
Sinful lifestyles often, or should I say always, have the consequences of impact on our body and on our whole well-being, even to the point of sickness. Even to the point of sickness. So this is not just physical, it's mental, it's emotional. It impacts the state of your soul. I'm so glad they sang deep down in my soul today. You know, uh, you could take that picture off. You know, many years ago, I met a, a pastor. His name was Ron Mel. Pastored a huge uh, church in Oregon. And um, actually, he was instrumental in, um, I became, he was preaching at Brooklyn Tabernacle. I kind of became friends. He was so kind. What a kind man. Such a man of God. Such a man of the Spirit. He's written a number of books and and uh, he actually was, when we, when we were praying about coming to Chicago, I just had met him, and he said, you know what, uh, son Al, he said, you don't belong here, you need to go. I was like, oh, snaps. You know, God was talking. It was a prophetic run. And then from that time on, he gave me his number, and he was very, very close. Well, I didn't know that Ron Mel had leukemia. And you know what, he, he, he went home to be, he died in his 60s, he went home early. You know, but there was so much well-being shouted from his life. You see, the Bible says that in a man's sickness, his spirit upholds him. But a crushed spirit, who can bear? You see, so this is not just physical, but it does impact the physical, you know. And today's equation is said, look, if we live with respect for God's word, his power will bring about our well-being. And so I want to look at today, how do we take God's counsel? How do we do it? How do we follow what God says? This proverb is giving us very specific advice. You ready for some advice from God? Okay, here's what he says. Number one, don't think you know better than God. Amen. Here's what it says. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Don't somehow think that when the word of God is declared, somehow it doesn't apply to you. Some people in their minds, they think that's not really for me. I've got news for you. It is for you. Okay, don't think that somehow you can ignore. Don't say, well, God doesn't understand or, or we have all of these excuses and we have all of these reasons and we bring up uh, uh, many, many reasons why we shouldn't obey the word of God. Your feelings, your education, your experience will never be smarter than God. Look what the Bible says about this, okay? The Bible says, do you see a person wise in their own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for them. This is strong. Do not be wise in your own eyes. You can be 85 years old, and how many know? You still, God is the ancient of days. We still need to take God's advice. Can I get an amen today? Still need to take God's advice. Look, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. If you're young here and you want to live a blessed life, learn how to take advice. 
Learn how to get counsel. There's a, in the multitude of counsel, there's wisdom. Learn how to find the truth. Buy the truth and sell it not. It doesn't matter how, look, how good it looks. It doesn't matter. What God says is true. And when God says it, that settles it. How many would say amen? amen. Look, I, I read all kinds of books. Someone gave me this book, and um, it's a really interesting title. It's a business book. And uh, listen to this. Do we, do we have that? It's called The Road Less Stupid. <laughs> and this book is it's a sp purely a business book, but there's things to learn. And I want to read a couple of quotes. Uh, he says, the riskiest moment is when you think you're right in business. Okay? And, and, and a lot of times you think you're right, but, but you haven't asked the right questions. All right? Uh, and this is why. Do you know how many people we've gotten advice for, for the Beyond Project? How many people we talk to? How many? You know, it's unbelievable. You know, we have a board. We have businessmen on the board, and we submit it to the board. I would be out of my mind to make decisions for this church without the board. I would be out of my mind. Mike Krish is on the board, and, and Brother John. We have, we have these guys who've been there, and we pray together, and we say, look, if we can't get unanimous on this, we're not doing this. Because in the multitude of counsel, there's wisdom. Do you have a wisdom counsel in your life? You understand? Look, look at this. Most people, when confronted with a choice of changing their thoughts, okay, or proving there is no need to change, get busy on the proof. Are you one of those people? You're always defending yourself, but ignoring the issues? Look at what he says, and this is the truth. You will pay the dumb tax if you ignore these principles or you will pay to fix the problem. Either way, you're writing a check. One happens to be far smaller than the other. You see, when you follow God's word, there are things to learn, and there's a price to pay, but the price that you pay is far smaller than the price you pay when you ignore the word of God. The impact is far smaller than the impact if you ignore God's counsel. So the first thing that has to happen is we have to say, I am not smart enough to make decisions for my life. 52 years old, I'm telling you right now, I'm not smart enough. Okay? Just say it. I'm not smart enough. I need God. How many know we need Jesus? Amen. Hallelujah. And when you say we need Jesus, it means that you need his word. So you need to get busy about learning the word. Because if you, if you ignore the word of God, you're missing out on precious advice, precious counsel. So the first thing that the Bible teaches us here is, look, don't overcomplicate it. Don't say this doesn't apply to me. You know, just obey God do it God's way. When I, you know, uh, when I, and I, when I start crying when I talk about this. You know, because I, I look at the news, I look at the city, you know, and in my mind, the, the, every person sitting in the seats of this church and your children, we should be preserved by God. And we should be shining the light of Christ. You know, 
And I think all the time, Lord, please let them take your counsel. Because the person who puts their faith in the word of God will have the backing of the power of God. Hard times will come, but you will have Christ in you, the hope of glory, and you will be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. <laughs> young men, young women, do it God's way. Okay, if you're middle-aged, do it God's way. Okay, if you got a PhD, do it God's way. How many would say amen? Doesn't matter what it is. Let's, let's respect the word of God. Which brings me to the second point. Second thing that this is saying is decide based on respect rather than reason. Now this is really interesting. It says, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, everyone say instead. Instead, fear the Lord. Okay? So this is giving us how to really make decisions correctly. What it's saying is, fear the Lord doesn't mean, oh, no, God is going to get me. It means be in awe, respect God. You know, respect is something that has gone out of style in our culture and in our world. But let me tell you something, respect is valuable. There have to be things that we respect and people that we respect. You understand? And we have to respect the word of God. We have to respect God. Fear the Lord. And, and, and that doesn't mean that you're walking around like God is out to get you. He's not out to get you. He's out to bless you. But you have to respect him. And so it's very, very important for us to understand. Look, sometimes God says that some things are right and some things are wrong. You know what God does? God calls certain things evil and he calls certain things sin. Everyone say sin. sin. Some things are sin. Okay? Sin is that which uh, uh, breaks the heart of God breaks the law of God, goes against the will of God. Plain and simple. It doesn't matter what, what Congress says. It doesn't matter what position uh, uh, professors have. None of those things matter. We respect the word of God, and God says certain things are sin. Now, we live in a culture that doesn't say that things are sin, but certain things are sin. Certain things are wicked and evil in the sight of God. And it should be okay with us to say that is sin. You know, how often do you hear the word sin on TV? Never. Never. I say this respectfully, but look, you have to know this. Even in the church now, Okay, pastors are afraid to say the word sin. But if I don't say to you, if I don't say to you that there's sin and that certain behavior is sin, young people understand this, then what I'm doing is I'm loving me then more than I'm loving you. This is very, very important. Sin destroys lives. It destroys families. 
But the world says so, the, what the world is saying is, is totally different. So listen, listen to what the Bible says, okay? The, there are a couple of Proverbs here, look. Like a muddied spring or polluted well are the righteous who give way to the wicked. Don't allow your life to get polluted. No one can be perfect, but hallelujah. Oh, the blood of Jesus Christ. How many are thankful for the blood today? If you fail, if you make a mistake, and we all do, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, get under the blood and get back to following God. Thank Jesus will always receive a repentant heart. Just turn and go, which we'll get to in a second. But look, like a, so don't let your life be a polluted well because pollution destroys. 1 John 1, 6 and 7 says, if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and, we, and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Watch this. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all everyone. Come on, let's put our hands together for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. But look, if you say there's no sin, if you say I'm not wrong, okay, then there's no blood. The blood is for the repentant. You see? And so, I love these light sermons. They're so much fun. So look, decide based on respect rather than the reasonings of this world. Let me give you a couple of quick examples. I want to fly through this. Let's take the whole marijuana debate now. Okay? Look, here's the reasoning of the world. Okay, this is kind of deductive reasoning and logic. It's called, this is a, 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 a erroneous syllogism. And uh, I just wanted to say that word. It makes me feel smart. <laughs> but look, so listen, everything God made is good. God made marijuana plants, therefore smoking marijuana is good. Okay, that's erroneous. That's what people say. Okay, look at what the Bible says. See, reasoning is not reasoning if you exclude the Word of God. If you don't respect the Word of God, it's not true logic. Okay, it's not right. Okay, there is a moral component to logic and reasoning. So look, the word says, do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You're not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. This is what the word of God says. Look, there are a dozen decisions and options for, our, for the use of our bodies. Remember, honor God with your body. People act like there are all of these questions. Should I do this? Can I do this? Can I do that? Does it honor God? It gets pretty simple. It gets pretty black and white. Look, here's, a, here's a, just a, a couple more very quickly. Okay, look, the Bible says don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Let's read this together. Which leads to debauchery. You know, I've been talked over the years. I've been challenged by a lot of people about our position on alcohol. And we're living in a day right now where even in churches, people are like passing out the drinks. And look, I'm saying this because of my sense of obligation to you. 
I don't want you to be deceived. Because you know what? You know, I hate to say it, but when you have kids, here's one of the things that kids say. I'm not being condescending, but here's what kids say. Well, they do it. That other church does it. I don't feel like our church, and I've said this. I've said this over and over and over again. There's nothing special about this church except one thing. We serve the living Savior, Jesus Christ. Only Jesus is special. We're all one body. We're all one body, but we have to live based on the best light that we have. Okay? So if you were sitting on my side of the desk, not to mention all of the Bible verses, look, when you take a drink, remember you have opened the door, the possibility to debauchery. Why open the door? That's a different twist on scripture. You know, and so we're living in a day, but here's the funny thing. Just recently, CNN just put out an article. One in 20 deaths globally is a result of alcohol use. And here's what they said. Look, over 3 million people died from alcohol consumption in 2016, equating to one in 20 deaths globally, according to the new report. World Health Organization, this isn't the 700 Club. Okay, this isn't Christian Central. This is the World Health Organization. More than 75% of these deaths were among men, and then it goes on. And here's what, what one of the uh, doctors say. There's no amount of liquor, wine, or beer that is safe for your overall health. We're used to hearing that a drink or two a day is fine, but the evidence is the evidence. Thank you. I got one clap. Hallelujah, Lord. So, so let's take the issue of, of, of drinking just 30 seconds. Here's the key with drinking, okay? You don't know who battles with it around you. You just don't know. You don't know who battles with it. Do you know how many stories? I have one in particular, kid who's in jail today, who started serving God, was was on the verge of suicide, got saved at our church, really turned it around, went to an event that was orchestrated by Christians. I've got about seven of these. If you want, we'll just stop the sermon. I'll tell you all of them. I got about seven of these, like that. Kid went to an event, Christians were drinking. He went home, didn't take a drink. Went home, got blasted. And then things started to spin. Do you know how many stories I have like that? Okay, so look, I don't really care what, what, what some proud, pompous, liberal person that says, I have this degree, or I have that, or I have this, or people quoting Bible verse. I don't care about that. I'm a shepherd. I'm telling you right now, it impacts people's lives. You understand? And so for me, I think you should stay away from it. You know, I think you should. Look at what the Bible says here. Okay, here's a great one. I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say food for the stomach, the stomach for food, God will destroy them both. You know, whatever, it's all going to burn up, so we better honor God. So look, it says the body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, 
and the Lord for the body. Okay? You know what master means? Is I won't be dominated, I won't be controlled or subject to the power, authority, or influence of another. How many lives are being destroyed on national television because of sex? So you're gonna tell me you can have sex however you want? Apparently not. Okay? Apparently not. You know? Listen, listen to this. This is what's screaming at the young people of our city. So Pilsen was, was Pilsen, a neighborhood in Chicago, was um, written up by Ford's magazine as the 12th coolest neighborhood in the nation. Okay, and right now, you could drive there on Western Avenue in Pilsen, there's this image, okay? It's an image of this woman, okay? And here's what it says. It says, believe in something even if it means sacrificing nothing, okay? Now, now, this is a play on a Nike ad that was believe in something even if it means sacrificing everything, but they're switching it and they're saying even if it means sacrificing nothing. Now, here's what Ashley, uh, what is Ashley Madison is? On the, uh, uh, the billboard says they promote, this is a website that caters to people looking for anonymous extramar extramarital affairs. And the girl is there going like this. This is five stories high, by the way. Okay? It's five stories high, and here's what it's saying. It's saying, shh, don't worry. Nothing will happen. It won't cost you anything. Okay? You see that right there? That's Satan. That is Satan. We rebuke Satan in the name of Jesus. You see? So this is all over the place. You can take that off. This is screaming at us. The world, the devil says, do whatever you want to do. This is right here in Chicago. But look, if you respect God's word, nothing can stop the blessing of God on your life. You know, I'm almost done. But you ever think about this? One of the most powerful things about the Exodus story is the fact that when God was bringing judgment on Pharaoh, at a certain point, he said, look, I'm gonna bring disease on your cows, Israel's cows, it's gonna be all good. I'm gonna bring disease on this, their stuff, no problem. There's a way. Now, now, material things don't really mean anything. So look, sometimes your business takes a hit. God still loves you. Okay, sometimes you get sick. God still loves you. We're, in this life, we'll have many troubles, but there's a place in God. There's a song that we used to sing. There's a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. A place where sin will not molest near to the heart of God. Oh, Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God. Hold us who wait before thee near to the heart of God. How many want to be near to the heart of God? <laughs> Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, right, but we're about to close. Okay, I got one more point to make, but I'm going to tell you, look, the key, 
with, with dealing with temptation and sin of all types, doesn't matter what it is, is number one, don't make excuses. Here's what you have to do, all right? You have to do this. You're here and you're being bombarded in your life. Learn that even though you're here, there's a place that you can retreat to over here in Jesus. That's why reading your Bible and praying is so important. Because you could get along with God and you could go down with temptations that are making your teeth rattle and you could get up because he can, he can rebuke that thing right off of you. He can push that thing right off of you. And you don't know how it is, but there's something about the holiness, the presence of God. Spend time with Jesus. You will walk in victory. You will walk in victory if you spend time with Jesus. You will walk in victory. So listen, here's, here's the last thing that this is telling us. The last thing that this is text is telling us is that we need to turn away before it's gray. Let's read this together. Ready? Turn away before it's gray. It's really a black and white issue, but if you don't turn away quickly, it starts to get gray very quickly. So look, it says, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and everyone. Turn away from evil. Turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. When it comes to if you're battling with sin in your life, even today, here's what has to happen. You have to start thinking in terms of tactics rather than excuses, okay? Everyone say tactics. A tactic is a strategy, okay? It's kind of like a strategy. It's a, it's a response in sports. You know, I used to fence, and they taught you how to block, and then there were tactics. So sometimes when I used to fence, my teacher, there's a French name for it. My, uh, my fencing coach taught me, sometimes you leave your blade out here. Leave your blade out here. I had really long arms. She goes, leave your blade out, leave your blade out, and they're going to come over here because it's a long trip to block. And when they do that, you just go like this. And they run, they run right into your blade. That's called a tactic. Okay, different strategies, okay? There's strategies for sports. Well, we need strategies against sin, and the Bible gives us a bunch of them. Number one, here's the best tactic ever. Run! Everyone say run! Come on and run. Flee from evil, the evil desires of your youth. Run! Okay? Come on. When you grow up, you know you gotta, gotta run from trouble. Number two, don't feed the flesh. Here's another tact. Make no provision for the flesh in regards to its lust. Don't mess with it. Don't mess with it. Make no provision for the flesh. Number three, be thoughtful. Abstain from all appearances of evil. Don't even let someone say that you look like you're doing sin. Don't do it. Avoid the appearance of evil. You realize there is a powerful work of avoidance that comes from the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. If you just avoid stuff, He can't get you. You know, He can't get you if you just avoid.
Number four, don't allow opportunities. Look, don't give the devil a foothold. And here's what this means. As soon as the devil starts grabbing you, tell somebody. Bring it out. Deal with it. Okay? Don't think certain things. Look, when the devil takes, starts to take a hold of your life, you're either getting victory or you're not. If you're not getting victory, talk to somebody. Don't let that thing grow. Talk to someone. Get it out. There are, look, in the body of Christ, we cover sin. You see? The Bible says in the Proverbs, it's to the glory of kings to search out a matter, but it's to the glory of God to conceal it. So look, somebody's struggling with something. You don't point a finger at them. That's, that's what goes to show how hypocritical this ungodly, wicked world is. Because they say all these things are okay to do, but when it doesn't fit their political slant or whatever, they just come at you and say that's wicked. The world loves to judge. They say everything is okay. No, it's not okay. They love to judge. They love to put down, but not in the body of Christ. How many know we love to cover? We love to support. We love to help. <laughs> Lastly, be watchful. Psalm 101, I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. If you keep that thing out from your sight, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be hard for the devil to get you if you just stay away. Everyone say, stay away. So look, it's not gray. It's black and white. But you will talk yourself into it. Your flesh. Anybody, let's have a moment of confession. Confession is good for them. Anybody ever talk themselves into doing something wrong? Can I see your hands? All right. All right, help them, Jesus. There's a lot of... Don't talk yourself into it, because that's what we do. As Christians, that's what we do. You know, in the world, they do what they do, but we, we need to cling to Jesus. We need to cling to Jesus. I want to close with this verse from Jeremiah, and then we'll pray. Look at what he says. He says, this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. The ancient paths are better than the modern paths. God's ways are always better. He is the ancient of days. There is a king's highway. He can open and make straight the way. How many would say amen? As for the ancient paths, the ones that God said before the foundations of the earth, if you are on this path, I will bless your life. I'll protect you. I'll fight for you. I'll be with you. As for the ancient paths, ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find everyone rest for your souls. Well-being, well-being, well-being. Overall, well-being. We need to line up. We need to respect the Word of God. Lift your hands to Him. Holy, holy God Almighty,
Just close your eyes for a moment. Put your hand on your heart. Put your hand on your heart and close your eyes. I want you to listen. 30 seconds. Right now in our church. If I, I wish I could tell you the amazing supernatural turnaround stories that are taking place. I'm telling you right now, if you're here today and you feel condemned, you feel put down, the blood of Jesus wants to wash you clean right here, right now. There's forgiveness with Christ. Though your sins be as scarlet, they'll be white as snow. They'll be white as snow. Though your sins be as scarlet, they'll be white as snow. And the minute that you turn away from evil, I don't know how God does it, but you become a candidate for the favor, blessing, outpouring of the Spirit of God. And I'm telling you right now, many times we can't even tell because we need to honor and protect people's stories. But right now, there are three, four, five amazing, supernatural. One young person said, is this what it means to live in the light? Is this what it means to live free? Because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. You can be free by the power of Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. We don't have to keep secrets from Jesus. We just come and say, Jesus, forgive me, cleanse me. So with our hands on our hearts, first of all, Father, I want to pray. We plead the blood of Jesus over our lives. God, I pray for supernatural cleansing. But Lord, cleansing begins as we turn away. I pray today that if if someone is here and the devil has a foothold or a stronghold or, or Lord, he's just lurking. Maybe there's something that we're flirting with. Father, in the name of Jesus, break all unholiness in our lives. God, we pr I pray that every unholy thought and suggestion would be canceled and exposed in the name of Jesus. I pray that every demonic strategy would be exposed in the life of your people, God, in the life of our children and our grandchildren. God, shine your light in our hearts, oh God. God, we rebuke every lie of the devil. Drive every satanic suggestion back. We plead the blood of Jesus over our people. We plead the blood of Jesus over our children, our grandchildren. We plead the blood of Jesus over our hearts and lives. And God, we ask that we would walk in the fear of the Lord today. And that we would respect your word. Because we know that you would bring about our well-being. So we thank you. We offer our hearts to you, our lives. Father, we offer everything to you, Lord. We are your people made for your glory and we worship you with every fiber of our, fiber of our being. Send your people out. Send them out today to be blessed, Lord. Send them out to have your favor and your victory and the abundance, oh God, that the 
them. Send them out from this place, God, with your protection, with your guidance, with the word of the Lord, oh God. Send them out, oh God, to make a difference in this city. Send them out to shine a light, oh God. Send them out to break strongholds, oh God, by your mighty power. Send them out, oh God, to bring you glory and honor and praise. And we thank you and we praise you. We give you every ounce of credit in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, let's put our hands together right now. Come on, let's shout to God. He's worthy to be.